And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about horseback riding in the rain, letters that are tear-stained, and of course, authors named Dane. I'm Mia. And I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a rom-com review podcast where each week, me and I grab a feather, dip it in some ink, and write to our dear sisters, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? (laughs) Answer our questions, dear sisters. (laughs) Answer our questions, dear sisters. Write back. (laughs) Write back, please. But for the month of August, we've decided to celebrate one of the rom-com founding mothers, Jane Austen, in P.S. I Love Rom-Coms, Austin August. Over the next couple of weeks, we plan on watching a movie adaptation from every one of Jane's six novels. So grab your bonnets and hop into your carriages because we're about to be lost in some Austin, baby. (laughs) Joining us today to celebrate Jane is an Austinite and a host of the podcast Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists. And if she was in a Jane Austen novel, she'd be Julia Bertram in Mansfield Park because she is just itching to put on a saucy play for all of her friends and cousins. You guys, it's the one and only Angela Giratano. Oh my god. Good afternoon. <laughs> oh, good afternoon, Angela. Hey, good afternoon. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. Fan of the pod. Fan of the oh, pod. Thank you so We're much. So excited and thank to you have for you. joining us. Oh yes. Now, Angela, we like to start off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Hero Slash Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. (laughs) But for Austin August, we're switching it up and we are sticking to characters that are only in Austin's novels. And you know what? I can start us off this week. Okay, so this week I'm channeling... Joe's Bingley, okay? Mr. (laughs) Bingley from Pride and Prejudice, okay? Kind of a little, like, quirky, a little he loves life, you know? But he's also, you know, kind of a big shot. You know what I mean? He walks into that ball, you know, that, uh, that, like, country ball, and everyone's like, oh, my God, and they, like, split ways, and everyone's like, oh, man, he makes, like, 10000 a year, you know? And so I'm channeling him um, because uh, I had a very fun um, past couple of days. I was uh, at a and I'm about to plug something for myself, but you know, yes. this is my, you know, our podcast. So we get to, um, <laughs> if I can't do it here, where can I? I was at a where movie. Can prem- you? Where can I? I was at a movie premiere for. Oh, yes, a, I saw that. Uh, I loved um, your dress. Thank you so much. I got it at Re- Reformation. Um, it's very cute. Oh. Uh, um, but yeah, I, uh, I was at a movie premiere. Um, for a movie called uh it was a sequel called once i was engaged um and it was a rom-com which is very fun um when i was there i guess i had just never been around um like fans of the franchise before and uh i was just 
bombarded with people who knew who I was and like quoted lines to me that I said in like the previous film and like people who wanted to take pictures with me and I was just like who am I am I a rich wealthy bachelor (laughs) in an English countryside and I've never felt so famous in my entire life and um so I'm kind of riding on that high um Huge. Oh my gosh. Huge. That sounds And that fits because you like went oh. to a town where people yeah. know you. You know, so it's like you come to like you come to town, everyone's like, she's here. <laughs> oh, what? Uh you know, if I and now that I'm back in LA, aka London, people are like, whatever, you know. Um who you know, there are lots of actresses here. You're not important. Um and uh so yeah, that's who that's who I'm channeling this week. Um it's very lovely. Gotta say it's good to be Mr. Bingley. Um oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's who I'm channeling this week. Mia, who are you channeling? Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of your channel. I'm channeling a much more stressed out character. I'm channeling Mrs. Ben. Bennett this week. Huge. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> because you guys, Mrs. Bennett is like her life is full of love, but she's so stressed out, you know, because she loves <laughs> so much. Her dreams are so big. And because of that, every waking moment is sort of this like stressful balance. Um, and that sort of anxiety makes her like socially inappropriate and like expressing <laughs> all of her anxiety all the time. And so that's why I'm channeling this week because similarly, you know, it's like I love big. I have a bunch of things I want to accomplish. And it's like, which is great, which is so great. So it's like I had a bunch of fun stuff happen all at once where um, I like picked up some work I really wanted to pick up and I'm moving into a new house I really wanted to move into. Um, And it's so fun, but it happened all at once. So I like all week have been like a crazy person, just like not having any idea how to balance it. And I like when I get this way, I'm very much a verbal processor, which means I basically just like talk out loud to myself, but in front of other people. Are you are rude. you te- um, are you telling your daughters that they're not handsome enough? <laughs> yeah, I'm walking around telling people I'm not home. handsome enough. You got um, a new and house? I did move into like a, a like a house full of women as well, so which is very <gasps> fun. So it's like wow, very, very long born. It's very long born. It's like very long born vibes as well. And we're like in our pajamas. <laughs> we're being like, La! so it's like really fun. Um, and then I'm doing things like. And it's like I get my car and I drive halfway to Ikea and then I'm like, I can't go to Ikea. And then I like turn around and like start a different task. And it's like, I can't oh, no. balance it. And it's like, <laughs> and well, you're, like you're driving, you go spasms, spasms all over me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then I'm like doing that math where I'm like, well, if I go to a, like that, like she does for Jane, where I'm like, well, if I return the car on Friday and then I rent a new car and I go to Ikea on Saturday and like, I'm like moving all of the, the, you know, pieces trying to make it all work how I want. And then when I get what I want, I'm like, you know, like Lydia falls in love. I'm like, you know, in my bed, like sweating. But then you guys, just like when Lydia and Wickham are um, made official and she relaxes, it's like, I finally like, for some reason I needed to like, I just needed like one thing to happen to stabilize myself right now. And it was to get a desk and a chair that I wanted. And it was to also get them at a bargain where I was going to buy them both at Ikea. And then I found them both on Craigslist and I was able to pick (gasps) them up on one car trip for what would have originally been $440. I got for $190. So I am like on a high. I'm like, 
I miss this one at the end of the movie or maybe no maybe just like with Lydia because I still have a lot yeah. of hurdles left this week so I think it's like when one daughter's down and covered and you're like okay that daughter's that daughter's <laughs> like done my desk what about my is beauty gone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the worst daughter's gone what about these other things so oh yeah and I'm just God. like basically like in my right now my air mattress with my back of my hand on my forehead being like my nerves um so but it's all good <laughs> if that makes sense Oh, no, I love that for you. Oh, thank you. And I really, you guys, I really empathize with her hard on this, on this watch. So, I mean, um, that's, yeah. It's that car ride that you saved that really gets me. You could have saved a thousand dollars and I still were like, you did one car ride. That's that's you, you, Can you believe? And I got in and out and the line was so short and it Shut was like, up. oh, so yeah. good. And I think that's like, like, that's when she's like going to tell um, Lady Lucas, you know? Yeah, she's like, like, and let me go, let me go brag to Lady Lucas about this. Punch for the Um, servants. Punch for the servants. This this bitch got in and out. Um, So that's who I'm channeling. Angela, who are you channeling this week? Okay. So I'm thinking about this as we're going. I think, I think I'm going to say I'm channeling Caroline Bingley. Oh, hell um, yeah. And that's a great say. So, um, <laughs> because I will say that none of my energy is a Caroline Bingley. But what <laughs> a specific moment in my rewatch, um, it, I got the impression that the Bingleys, they, well, I mean, I know for a fact they're, they're, they're visiting, right? So they're, they have, they mm-hmm. have homes and they visit and they go out and they come back. Um, and they're yeah. on the road, you know, because that's just what rich people do. Um, <laughs> and I'm not rich, but I, this is so not Caroline Bingley, but I've been house sitting a lot. And <gasps> let me tell you, ladies, I have, cause I dog sit a lot and I, Used to like train dogs for a while, and since oh the vaccines, every dog I've ever taken care of, their owners are reaching out to me wanting me to house it. So I booked this house sitting, and then I booked another, and then I realized I've been from home to home all of July, out of a oh second. Oh my god! Yeah, we're three I, weeks in. Yeah, this whole time, like I've just been like one home to the next to the next. I'm I'm in this place in the Palisades right now and I go to Brentwood uh, tomorrow. It's absolutely crazy. Oh my gosh. And every time I walk into the home, I feel like it's mine. Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. there and then maybe I'll throw a ball. Maybe I won't, depending on the rules. Um, <laughs> throw a ball. <laughs> throw a big ball, Angela. Yeah. Depending on the energy of the person who I'm house sitting for, um, I'll throw a ball or not. And it's very not Caroline Bingley. Like I just I just feel pretty baller in these homes when they're mine after a while. All this fast Wi-Fi, all these big fridges i just feel <laughs> oh my gosh I feel like uh i forgot about my little old apartment so that's who i'm channeling oh i wow. love that that's that's amazing and if there's ever a time to channel caroline bingley it's that i feel yeah like yeah we're otherwise, much we're, you're breaking up your brother's relationships <laughs> yeah otherwise i'm a huge cunt <laughs> <laughs> and she's super hot me. god caroline yeah. she's so mean and she's I'm so hot so, so hot. mean and i'm gonna invite you to walk around the room with me <laughs> which, which is always so awkward to me even in the book when it happens i'm like what a yeah. fucking awkward thing to do <laughs> she's especially just so, when she's like oh sorry oh no you go angela Especially when she like 
asks Mr. Darcy about what he likes looking at while they're walking. Oh yeah. my God, it's so desperate. <laughs> so desperate. Well, you guys, you know what's so crazy is that we are all channeling characters from Pride and Prejudice. And what a little coinkydink, because guess which movie we watched this week? You guys, we watched Joe Wright's 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. In this adaptation of Jane Austen's beloved novel, Elizabeth Bennett, played by Keira Knightley, lives with her mother, father, and sisters in the English countryside. When two wealthy and handsome bachelors move into the neighborhood, the Bennett's household gets turned upside down when (laughs) one of the bachelors, Mr. Bingley, played by Simon Woods, takes an interest in the eldest Bennett daughter, Jane, played by Rosamund Pike. When Mr. Darcy, played by Matthew McFadden, (gasps) steps in... What? Sorry, I was just um, being a chorus for Matthew. (laughs) Matthew, we've got it. I was like, did I pronounce his name wrong? Because honestly, I just re-listened to me and my episode of Down With Love, and I'm so upset with how many times I mispronounce (laughs) Ewan McGregor's name. (laughs) Truly the highlight of my week that week. Oh my God. I I just could not (laughs) figure it out. Um, But yes. Okay, good. I'm glad I pronounced Matthew McFadden's name correctly. Um, I wouldn't know. I, I just know he's hot. He is so yeah. hot so, in yeah. such an aloof way, which I think is the hottest thing. Aloof yep. men are like, yep. oh my god, my kryptonite. Okay, uh, but yeah. So when Mister uh, when Mister Darcy, played by Matthew McFadden, steps in to prevent the match, he finds himself falling for Elizabeth, who has seemingly already made up her mind about him. Together. Uh, Darcy and Elizabeth must decide if they can put their pride and prejudice aside to let their love bloom. <laughs> we watched Joe Wright's 2005 adaptation, which was directed and adapted by Deborah Mogok. Fun fact, when Joe Wright agreed to direct this adaptation, it was not only his feature film directing debut, but he had also never read Pride and Prejudice. What Later, when he did read it... Sorry. No, I said, what a little bitch. Oh my god, dude! What the fuck? How are you allowed to accept to yeah. direct *Pride and Prejudice* if you haven't read it? That is yeah. so classic Hollywood, right? It's like dude, no, 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 no! Don't let any women who like love love this novel direct it. Give it to some man who has never directed a movie and oh, read the motherfucking book. book. I, sorry, it actually pisses me off. And as hot as McFadden is, he didn't read the book before the movie. I think that's fake. I think that's a lie. I think his. I no, I think it's fake news. No, it's Am- Amazon Prime trivia, so I hope it's fake news. Maybe Jeff Bezos. It makes sense that um, none of the men would have read it, and that's disappointing. It's so it, it's in fucking true. It's infuriating, and honestly, I mean, you know, we'll get into it, but yeah, it's. I'm. I'm not a fan of that, but whatever. What can I, you know? What are you going to do? It's 2005. Okay, <laughs> later. <laughs> Later, when he did read it, he said that it was an amazing piece of character (laughs) observation, and it really seemed like the first piece of British realism. It felt like it was a true story, had a lot of truth in it about understanding how to love other people, understanding how to overcome prejudices, and understanding the things that separate us from other people, things like that. 
So yeah, Ugh. yeah, Joe, right? We could have told you that. Yeah, and, it's a gold surprise. <laughs> I just did. Anyone know what, that this, this is, is a good book? book? <laughs> Whoa, Are you read Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> this is actually a really good book. Yeah, so I signed up for this movie. Uh, I'm gonna read what it's about in like two years for Amazon <laughs> trivia. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like okay, I really did like his adaptation of Atonement, so it's like okay, maybe we'll let it slide. But it's like I hope. I bet you did read atonement before okay didn't he well, do anna karenina too did he let me look. i feel I like he up. did like three bangers with kira three, yeah like three banger oh, adaptations wow. like one I after think the right. other yeah well well i hope you read i hope you read the other ones but oh. Oh, but angela so to start off the discussion could you tell us a little bit about your relationship to austin and why you selected this adaptation i will say um it, I think it all started with this movie, and I hate to be basic because everyone that loves Pride and Prejudice loves the the, the miniseries version with what's his face, Colin mm. um, Yeah, which is great, but <laughs> I don't know. Like this was my first. I think truly, I think I like read a little bit of Jane Austen growing up. I remember, yeah, just I read a little, but like this was the first time I had like watched like a full, like no, learned the full story, done the whole thing. I was like. I don't know how old I was, but this movie rocked my world. Um, yeah, I mean yeah. Elizabeth Bennett. She is she is the manic pixie dream girl that we needed. You know what I mean? She's like yes. the she is the relatable female protagonist. I just <laughs> truly she's a she's a weird girl on her own. I feel like that's a lot of Jane Austen stuff. It's like. Does yeah. it feel like ingenuity? It feels like, you know, Jane Bennett's the ingenue, but it feels like her yeah. lead, even with Emma, it just feels like her her leading roles are these just like off the beaten path women. And that's my kind of woman. Angela, you're so right. Because yeah. yeah, like Jane is kind of like the classic ingenue that you see in like novels. And then like, there's like kind of like weird Elizabeth who likes books and walking. And then, yeah, in Emma, there's like Jane Fairfax, who's like a beautiful singer and is really generous and good at piano playing. And Emma's like kind of bad at everything. And it's like not really good at drawing (laughs) and she doesn't really finish anything that she starts. And it's just kind of like, "Mm, whatever. And she just kind of tells jokes to her dad. (laughs) Yes. Um, it's so true. It's just like, she, she, she's like a classic writer that follows like more of the, I don't know, like the more relatable roles, which I feel like doesn't happen with a lot of like classic literature. Yeah. Especially not when portraying women. Yeah. That's, I mean, women specifically. Yeah. No, I literally wrote down Manic Pixie Dream Lizzie because I'd never thought that before. And then when she comes in after the walk and they're like, did you walk here? And she's <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> she's a Manic oh. Pixie Dream girl. <laughs> yes. And oh. also, I mean, we're getting past this as a society, but we love, I mean, you guys probably have seen tons of breakdowns where the girl's like, where it like writes in a breakdown that the, that the female character, she bites back. Or like she knows she goes toe to toe with him, and like yeah, okay, she talks, she can respond. Um, But that's the best part about Elizabeth. I mean, she is. I was rewatching today when she comes in straight, and she's like, when he's like, "What do you if 
poetry is not the food of love what it is she's like dancing she really served it to him <laughs> on a fucking platter oh my god and then she gets that really long walkout i was like oh yeah. my god and then she and then she and then she like just jazz, she's like because she hears him insult her yes where he's like she's barely tolerable and then she goes dancing even if one's partner is barely tolerable yes. and then just boom oh, so, oh yeah she's like i heard drop. you shit talking me and guess oh, what god. you're embarrassed now better you know Wipe the shit off your face. You look like an idiot. <laughs> you so dope. Oh. Truly, if they did a remake, or if this was just in a normal script, in her breakdown, it would be like, she really knows how to roast him back. Or, this girl's got a mouth on her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, a Lizzie Kaplan type. Um, that's what it would say. Yes, I love that. Um, and then, and then what? And then, yes, okay. So, yes, so that, yes, so that's why you picked Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 um, version of yes. Pride and Prejudice. And then also, wait, just because I'm interested, what's your relationship like with rom coms? Oh, I love them. <laughs> um, is that <laughs> yeah. interesting? Um, no, I love yes. them. I think I like, I am not one to, I actually like, I've been coming to terms with the fact that as someone who loves comedy, I don't like watching comedies. Like, yeah. I, I like I watching, that. um, I really like watching like rom-coms is I think the most comedy comedy I will watch like when I'm resting. Like it's just a place yeah. of rest, if that makes sense. Like when I watch comedy yeah. these days, I'm just like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Blah, blah, blah. It's just like so brainy. And right yeah. now it's either dramas or rom-coms where I can actually like turn off and be like a true audience member. They force you to be an audience member you know what i mean you can't you can't analyze yeah. it you can't do yeah. anything but enjoy it like it's like fucking ice cream and, yeah. and that's what i love about rom-coms but specifically like for getting into jane austen i'll also say like my mom and i like growing <sighs> up like I, her and i with period pieces like yeah and my mom and i weren't super like girly together ever like it was usually just like a, about the boys in my household but when a movie came out that was a period drama or anything, it was like me and my mom were like, oh, we get to have our moment. And oh my God. This is definitely that. that. This is definitely that. I mean, all of them. They're so they're so freaking good. I love anything with a corset and letters. Anything. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I identify with that so hardcore because same like or like it was like my mom and I would constantly watch Sense and Sensibility and Emma and then also yeah like Dangerous Liaisons like random period pieces that like I should not have been watching. My mom and I always but- watched The Other Bolin Girl. Oh my oh my God. God. What yeah. a weird incestuous <laughs> gross movie but it was like our movie. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, no, I get. I, there's something about period pieces and moms. I think. Yeah. Um, the first time ugh. I watched um, Pride and Prejudice in this adaptation was with my mom, and we also, my mom and I, <gasps> love oh Jane Austen so much, yeah. and like she, I think she loved Jane Austen before I did, and I think she really wanted to get me into it, and like this movie like Angela was my first introduction to Jane Austen. And like, I know that I really shat on Joe Wright uh, earlier and I, you know, I I stand by shitting on him, like fucking do your research, dude. Yeah. Um, And sure. It's a systemic issue where, but that we're upset with, we're upset with how could you do, how could you just hand him that? Whoever's in charge? What's your fucking deal? I'm upset with the people that raised him to think that. Right. Exactly. It's like, exactly. Um, but, uh, his, 
and maybe because he was a newbie to to Austin, but this version of the film is really really approachable like it's very Mm. it's very visual like it's you know they cut out some characters and stuff like that and it was really as a kid I got it like I I could understand what was going on and no I didn't understand every single all of the wordplay and all of like the jokes and stuff that was going on um but I got it. And I remember yeah. my mom explaining to me when um, <laughs> when Mr. Bingley, uh, uh, Caroline Bingley and Darcy like walk into that country ball and everyone parts for them. I was like, I don't, why are they parting for them? And my mom's like, imagine like a black party and David Beckham <laughs> and Victoria Beckham. <laughs> come into the black party everybody would stop what they were doing and i was like oh, i get it i get it and i think that's when mm. i first learned what class was <laughs> there's david uh, beckham and then there's the rest of us exactly yeah that's so funny that's that's well, so now funny I'm thinking I, about all the things that my mom that I asked her questions about because I don't like I remember like the who's the militia boy um, uh, Wickham. Wickham Wickham I didn't understand why Darcy and Wickham hated each other okay <laughs> it's confusing though and like, I also think every- they really bury it in the movie under like a lot yeah. of like mumbling British talk uh, but as a kid <laughs> yeah. I remember being like what's happening <laughs> I feel that way even when I reread the book I always forget what their beef is and it's like I finally remember it but it's hard yeah I for some reason that also kind of gets like lost for me every time I uh, like dip my toes into Pride and Prejudice I finally think I get it because I've this is my maybe my third version of Pride and Prejudice I've absorbed this year so I think I now will not forget it but just like yeah. I never remember who saves the day in some sensibility I always oh forget my God. Yes, <laughs> who proposes at the end of that movie and I like that about Jane Austen it's like it's like a yeah like they have a movie where you kind of do like you get to forget certain things because so much is happening yes also mm-hmm. we were talking about Joe Wright and I do want to say this was also a movie for me that because I feel like, I don't know, I'm not a director. I mean, maybe I could throw my hat in in middle school up as a director for something. But <laughs> I feel like good directing is something I have a problem like identifying. But I will say yeah. with this, it was like everything, everybody at the table, like the, mu- the music behind this, the, oh, the, yeah. like the images, like the color palette, like everything went together. And went well together. Yeah. Like no, everybody was in the same genre. The, like every shot made sense. To, I don't know. To me, this is just like really good directing. But I don't know anything about directing. Um, but that's what I'll say about Sweet yeah. Joe, right? I know what you mean in that I similarly don't notice this stuff. And I'm watch I was watching it on a very small computer. So maybe I would have noticed it more had I been in theaters. But my roommate behind <laughs> I had it in the kitchen on in the kitchen for a while when my roommate was out there. And she just every time they would the shot would change, she'd be like, That's an amazing shot. That's an amazing shot. And I'd be like, What it is? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that is an amazing shot. Um, so people who know think about that. <laughs> think it's yeah. good. Something so, something that I and now and now I'm gonna pat Joe Wright on the back. You know, I I, I push him I push him in the dirt and then I reach out my hand and I help him get back up again. And Joe. I dust him off and That's I give him Joe. a little That's kiss. Joe. And I go, Joe, 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 Joe. Um there what he does 
like in terms of like cinematography in this movie is so incredible. Like the first kind of like introduction to Longborn is this one shot. It's like this one long shot. And you don't even realize it's a one shot because you're just like winding through the house. And at first you're like walking up the front, like, or like the back entrance through these billowing white sheets and farm animals. And you're following Elizabeth and then you're in the house and there's Mary playing the piano and there's Kitty and Lydia running around with ribbons. And then you're like, (laughs) going around the side and then we see Elizabeth again and then we see like her parents in the window and it's just like you feel like you are one of the Bennett girls walking through the house it's like so incredible and he does all of these like super super wide shots of just like these incredible pastoral scenes (gasps) which is honestly like I don't know if he realized maybe he did I'll give you credit Joe but Jane Austen, almost all of her novels, the majority of them are set in the English countryside because that is where she is from. And it felt like he really honored that in this movie and in this adaptation in a way that like other adaptations haven't. Um, So a kiss for you, Joe, right? A kiss kiss for you, Joe. I totally agree. Also, I don't mean to smack the genre that you guys so love in the face but i will say maybe jane austen (laughs) what a what a way to open this thought um maybe these this year this month of august you'll be talking more about cinematography because i feel like in some of my favorite rom-coms i'm not like wowed by the cinematography but um, i will say in a lot of these jane austen adaptations that are on screen i'm like whoa Look at how gorgeous the sun is on that leaf versus like when you're doing like a Manhattan love story. I'm never like, wow, look at all the taxis. They're gorgeous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you can maybe get some nice Central Park shots, but that's that's basically yeah, that's it. That's your big, yeah. Yeah, a messy bagel Yeah, and then those streaming rom-coms, I mean, which we love, which we adore, but no, you're not. You're going to get a lot of a lot of small location stuff. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of uh, medium close-ups to close-ups. They're not spending <laughs> a lot of money on those backgrounds. They're not spending <laughs> no, a lot of no, money on the locations. We're just happy to be made at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And that's so, okay. So we that. We're just happy to see the form yes. continue and, and, and transform. Yes. Um, yes. So something, something that I'll say to Joe Wright, which is both both like I'll, I'll sort of just like trip him and pretend to push him in the mud and then be like, Haha, we're friends, is that um, <laughs> this film really stood out to me as someone who grew up on a diet of uh, original like Sense of Sensibility and Emma adaptations. There's sort of like a bouncy colorfulness to those that's like really lush, you know, and like chintzy. And um, this one is like a lot like sort of like darker and grittier, you know, yeah. and is like really, really like it, like shifts the tone of what I'm used to in these like uh, just lush Austin period pieces, which at first I was like, even when I saw it, because I think I I met I, I, I only remember watching it on video. So I, th- I guess I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember watching it on video and being like what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> like just being, just being like, uh, you know, being used to my classic, classic way of, um, absorbing them and being like, this is different. Um, and this rewatch, I think that is what makes it like very cool and sets it apart. And I was also surprised. I mean, there's, I have two thoughts about the comedy, which is one I was like, I feel like he's sort of like, like there is like an element of playfulness that's in Jane Austen's novels that I feel like was not as much in like the mise-en-scene in this. And yet I still laughed out loud a ton. 
And I, I don't know if that's just like an inherently like the story is still so funny to me. De- but then definitely I do trust Jerry ultimately with the comedy and the playfulness because I will say I feel like he punched up Mr. Collins a lot. Like I feel like Mr. Collins became a lot funnier oh, um, yeah, in this yeah. version. Like yeah. that take on Mr. Collins, like Mr. Collins stresses me out so much in the book. So I really like this take on him as like more of an <laughs> obvious fool, which was so yeah. fun. That Yeah that like joe wright does like really just like comment on like the grittiness you were talking about mia and like the Mm -hmm. the sense of humor that like comes across in this movie like i think there are a lot of like visual jokes like i think about that close-up shot of those pig testicles and then (laughs) like and then the close-up shot of like mr collins talking about boiled potatoes and you see him like looking there's like a shot there's like a like a close-up shot of mr collins looking around really nervously and he's very sweaty his eyes are darting all around and then there's a close-up shot of these potatoes and then you see him see the potatoes and he goes let me to which fair cousin may i compliment the excellence of the boiled potatoes oh my god it was so funny i love that actor i like it makes he's like in this he's in this movie called in the loop and he's so funny in it and it was very funny he walked on set and they were like let's fucking do this guys like he just wrote the shit out of his character i also love their bit about how he's like oh you know lady catherine like i just love that such a good game it's like such a solid game funny that he's just so obsessed with her it's so and, good. And then they gave him the doofiest haircut, which is like, I feel like that's the biggest liberty that they took comedically in the movie was giving him just like that, that just absolutely like insane haircut. Um, uh, but it was another. Yeah, it was just. Oh, oh please. Oh, well, and also that in, in the book, he's supposed to be really, really tall. Really? And I think when they. Ca- yes. I remember when I. I because <sighs> I, I watched the movie first when I was like kind of. Uh, I think I was in eighth grade or something. And then when I read the book in high school, I was like, Mr. Collins, it said that was Mr. Collins was tall. And I was like, no, he's short. And then I was like, wait, Al, you idiot. This book is the original (laughs) source material. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, nope, Joe Wright didn't read the book and he's short now. So that's what we think. Um, um, oh but gosh. it's so much funnier yeah. that he's short because like he there's that scene where they're at um the ball at Neverfield at Netherfield and uh he's trying to get Mr. Darcy's attention. And Mr. Darcy is so tall and he's just like boy. Uh, Miss Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. So insane. Oh it's my gosh. So funny. But yeah, that um that visual bit was so funny. And then at the ball, it's like the way this was shot was so funny. And also just I'm constantly astounded by how Jane Austen's books are so relevant to experiences today so there's this scene where it's like lizzie is dancing with mr collins and jane's in the mix and lizzie's trying to have a conversation with jane and every time mr collins comes back he's like trying to have a really painful conversation with like lizzie and it just (laughs) a it was so funny b it's like that just happened to me where someone was like (laughs) kept trying to have like a very intimate conversation with me and i like clearly didn't want to and like kept trying to like wiggle out of it and i was just like god it's so insane how little humans change and how observant jane austen was it's (laughs) yeah makes me so happy oh my gosh even her relationship relationship with even elizabeth's relationship with her mom i like so identify with her just being like (laughs) like a mom just being really at the end of her wits being like i just gotta i just gotta get my kids taken care of to the point where she loses sight of like i don't know like being a cool like being a good person and not saying things like my mom sometimes just like 
blurt out things and I'm like, okay, you, you, you're, lo- you're being a mom too much right now and you're losing sight of, I don't know. I just love the way she's like snarky to her mom and it's a whole thing. Yeah. I love it. It's so accurate. Yeah, because we're to the it's actually the mom in the end that is hurting Jane. Yes. That like that's like one of the biggest reasons that they don't want Jane to be with Bingley. And it's so sad because the mom thinks she's helping. She thinks she's helping. And it's like you're making things worse. 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 It's such a mom thing. Such a mom such a mom thing. Uh, just to comment a little bit about, I just want to, because we've been giving Joe Wright a lot of, you know, pats on the back and we've been <laughs> pulling him out of the mud. But I want to, you know, remember. Time to push him back. You know, let's push him back. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to just like highlight who this month is really about, which is Jane and how incredible she is. And oh, we were just yes. talking about how these stories are still relevant. And what's like really cool is like, I mean, there's so many things that are cool about Jane's books. Like the first is like, she was really the only author at the, her during her time that was like just writing about normal people doing everyday things. And like m- the most popular books like of her time were like these big adventure novels written by men where like men would like travel and like, you know, fight pirates and like do all these crazy things and go on adventures. And her books were just about women having conversations and how 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 you can still be a hero even if you like live a little life like uh, you know like um um excuse me i'm I'm not crying i swear (laughs) you can still be a hero (laughs) even though you're living a little life like um oh my god you know just like darcy helping out um uh you know elizabeth's sister when she you know gets you know involved with Wickham and like in Emma like um when uh Mr. Knightley you know helps out Harriet by asking her to dance and like it's just so and I think that's why it's still so relatable today is like yeah you're so right Angela when you said that like people just like haven't changed and like the the her observations are so true and, and real and like we still you know have awkward conversations with our relatives and get embarrassed by our relatives in public places. And, um, yeah. you know, that our, that our lives and our stories are, are worth telling. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's so true. And like, yeah, her observations on like, um, on people, but also class are like still so relevant till today. And that's, I, yeah, I mean, I think she's just so amazing. And I bring this up all the time cause it's insane, but, um, like in terms of like the other authors that like, I don't know, we're like her contemporaries more. So I have no idea on the timeline on this, how contemporary they are, but it's like, um, I feel like Jane Austen's works are like often undercut because people are like, Oh, they're books about like just people wanting to get married and like blah, blah, blah. And that's boring. And that's like women's stuff, whatever. But it's like, <laughs> like, and I, for instance, I, Oh, cool. <laughs> like I'm the main laughing. one I'm thinking is like Mark Twain like famously hated Jane Austen and was like the like a good library is a book without a single Jane Austen oh my book. god like yeah like prefer like even just not having any books would be better than having a library with a Jane Austen book and it's just like buddy have you read a Jane Austen novel like there I mean there's I prefer them to his so much um, or like buddy have just, you ever been to a party and like had like <laughs> weird like half flirting half bullying like vibes and then walked away <laughs> have you ever like I don't oh my god he's obviously not been to a party exactly exactly so yeah I think that um 
that it's just one of those things where it's like it's like uh you don't know till you know and then if you read one of her books you go like oh my god this is this is about so much more this is about the stakes are so incredibly high for these characters because yes they do live small lives but they have no rights (laughs) like they're gonna lose like any cape like any possibility of taking care of themselves they have to make these really intense decisions and it's like they're playing life on this like game board um that it's extremely high stakes and it is a little life and it's it's just so amazing and i am also completely floored how every time i watch one of these like i literally just reread pride and prejudice i know how it ends and like when i had it on in the kitchen with my roommate like as as he, they were coming up in the end and i don't want to spoil it but you know they <laughs> do get together i'm like gasping i'm like openly oh gasping because it's so beautiful oh and they have so much chemistry but also they're so in anna karenina together he <gasps> oh my god um, i love that yeah and their brother and sister and it's so weird because they pick up <laughs> they like play really good because like uh Matthew McFadden has like this weird yeah. goofy beard in the in Anna Karenina and he's like the weird brother and they just have this like non-sexual energy. But then I keep thinking about them on that damn canoe at the end, and you're like, oh my god. Oh and he just keeps calling her Mrs. Darcy. It's so hot. Okay, too. but you they guys make are marriage all, hot. You guys are all fans of this movie from an early age, it sounds like. So was it hard for you to watch Succession? It took me a while. <laughs> it took well, me a you know, while. I didn't connect it was him until today. So I'm lucky. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's huge. I didn't know it was Tom until I was watching this and my roommate was like, What's he been in? And I was like, Oh my god, it's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, was it hard for you? Well, okay, so I've never seen Succession, and I've only seen Pride and Prejudice 200 times. So I'm asking the wrong people. I'm asking the wrong people. Because the whole time I'm watching Succession, I'm like, that's supposed to be Mr. Darcy, and he's supposed to be a a really hot guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then Tom is such like a... a, Such a goof. Such a doof, and like a little bit of sociopath, but like not quite enough. So he's also just like... <laughs> it ruined oh, the watchback for me, but maybe that's just because no, maybe when yeah, I was fifteen yeah. and I watched him, he was just the hottest thing in the world. Like, right? And uh, you know what? I feel like this is maybe like a good chance to confess something, which is that like I don't know if he, I don't know if he's my main Darcy pick. Okay, okay. No, I was gonna ask. I, I was I gonna ask. Go are we Let's are we there. Colin? Are we Colin or or are we Matthew? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm I, always Colin in everything, in this, wow. in Bridget Jones, wow. Wow. in Love Actually, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in the um, what's it called, the Kingsman. I think I'm just a Colin first, like like a, I'm Got just it. like a groupie. So that's where I'm coming from, and I think that's why it's hard because he's like the opposite of Colin Firth. You know, like they don't, yeah. they can't, they, they're not gonna, they, they don't exist in the same plane. Um, what about I'll you say, guys? I'll say, this was my first Darcy. Okay, yeah. it was Matthew. I'm sorry. Like it's right. like it's like your first. It's like maybe if I saw Colin first, it would be my. He it would be Colin. I truly identified so much with seeing the character on the screen that this is yeah. this is my Mister Darcy. No matter what, no matter how you put it, it's just like who he is to me. I can't I can't unsee it. Yeah, I think I I think I think what I'll say is like I think that. It's interesting because Colin's portrayal is more like, I would say like, he's like very pompous and almost, and like way more, I would (laughs) say rude, like very, very rude versus like Matthew's 
is more like he has more like gravitas and is more aloof and kind of like distant. Um, And I'll say that here's what I'll say. I'll say when they're both dry, I would say that Matthew McFadden is my favorite. But when Colin Firth comes out of that fountain in the BBC uh, (laughs) miniseries, dripping wet, he is my favorite Darcy. Versus when Matthew McFadden is drenched in rain and looks like a little wet, cold (laughs) rat boy. (laughs) You know, I gotta say, Colin's my my favorite wet Darcy and Matthew's my favorite dry Darcy. Oh my gosh. I thought you were being like dry comedically and then you got to the wet and I now understand. (laughs) Yep. Well, and I also feel like I have to like also like come clean about a point of clarity. It's so it's so interesting because my actual first adaptation is the looser adaptation, which would be Bridget Jones's Diary. Which oh. I oh my oh. fucking you guys, oh, there's a possum. There's a you guys. My desk is. <laughs> you, Where, a possum is on your desk? desk? Is there a possum on your desk, Mia? <laughs> Is there a possible on your desk? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna have a heart attack. Okay. My desk in my new room faces a window and I am at it's like three feet away from a fence and I'm at an eyeline with a fence. And all of a sudden I was like, and it's like dark out, so I can kind of only see my reflection and some leaves, but I was like, the leaf is moving and there was just a giant fucking possum in front of my face. Sorry, I'm so Mia, startled. Mia, because when you're like, I got this desk from Craigslist, I was like, I was like, for sure, there's a possum in the drawer. Mia, take the drawers and there's a possum inside. I think it's also because you said, when you said, you said, possum, desk. I was like, oh my God, the desk. The desk turned into a possum that's why it was so cheap oh my god i was trying to be like how can i describe what's happening because i'm basically just facing i'm like eye to eye with a possum okay sorry it's gone i was startled um okay sorry so yeah my my so it's like colin firth kind of got to do darcy twice because he's yeah uh, mr darcy in the bbc version and then he's mark darcy in loose loosely Mm -hmm. laid bridget jones uh one so his his mark darcy for me is sort of what got me at a young age i see um yeah and then that's what that's what turned me because i do love all of that stuff makes sense to me in that movie like his cruelty and then when he's nice it all it all works for me Mm -hmm. but um but i get it but this does this doesn't not work for me it's just so different you know it's just different yeah I would um, bone them both. <laughs> you'd bo- as long as you'd bone them both, dre- wet I or would, dry. and I genuinely mean that. So that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah. Would you guys bone Mr. Bingley? No. In this no. version. <laughs> no. Who is that? <laughs> Boy. Okay. I don't know. I really, I love, I will say in this version, I love how they kind of got like um, similar types. Like, when you put Jane Bennett next to Mr. Bingley in this movie, they kind of look like siblings. Same with Darcy <laughs> and Elizabeth, but also it's yeah. just like this same energy. Like when they're both when when um, Jane and Mr. Bingley are talking, it's so fucking awkward and cute. They both can't talk. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that is so true. Meanwhile, like when Bennett <laughs> and Darcy are having sex with their words. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so hot! Yeah, oh my god, it's so good. Uh, okay, when they when they're in okay when they yeah. have their first big dance at never at Netherfield Ball and they're dancing and and then she uh, and Jane uh, sorry I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so excited when Elizabeth is like, um, like 
uh, you know, I love this dance. And then Darcy goes, yes, oh so God, invigorating. Yes. And then Elizabeth goes, it's your turn to say something, Mr. Darcy. I commented on the dance. Maybe now you, the or the number of couples. Or no, and he goes, tell me. Or, or, and she's like, it's your turn to say something. And he's like, well, why don't you advise me? What will most like please you? And then she goes, mm, that reply will do at present for now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. Meanwhile, it, Jane it, Bennett it is, and Miss. Oh, meanwhile, Jane Bennett oh, and Mr. Bingley are like, oh, oh, my sister just opened it down. It's it's so true. Like when he's getting cut off. Like when he cut when like they come to visit the um the Bennets at the end, and he walks in the room and he's about to say something, and Mrs. Bennett cuts him off. Like he is just like so like like he's just like yeah he is like an otter. Also, can we Um, talk about um Mr. Collins's wife? That's our best friend, (gasps) Charlotte. Charlotte. So because they kind of have a similar thing going once they get going. Oh man! Yeah. Also, was that punched up from the book? Because I was like, Charlotte feels a little different here. Where I feel like in the book, Charlotte's like a little more like I know I'm marrying an absolute idiot who's annoying, and she just is kind of like, isn't like like she in the book? In the book, yeah, I think when she has her own room, she's like more like, look at my room that he can't come in. She says that that in the movie, but then she buys in, and the only thing she buys in is like the uh, is the um, oh oh uh, Lady Catherine the Burg is inviting us to dinner. She jumps on right. and she looks yeah. dorky. Yeah, she seemed to be like on board with him more than I remember, which I think is a fun choice in terms of how peas in a potty everybody is. But yeah, I was like, I was like, that feels a little different, which I don't mind. It's fun, but. I will say the only couple that to me seems a little more realistic is Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett. It's like yes. salt and pepper. One is they they really even each other out. They're not the same vibe like all these other couples. It's like, thank God she has him. And I, I wouldn't say thank God he has her. But <laughs> but it's like, oh, but that ending scene with them is so it's sweet. Really yeah. cute. I'll yeah. say that like they, because I, I reread the book recently and in the book, like their marriage is kind of sad like it's definitely it's definitely like jane does not portray their marriage in like a really lovely way it's like it's kind of dark she's like mr bennett like instead of like going for a smart wife that could match his wits just went for a pretty one and he at first liked her because he got to like tease her and then that's all kind of their relationship became was him just kind of like putting her down and her not really understanding that he was putting her down and it's kind of like oh kind of sad but in the beginning when he's like yeah your your nerves are my constant companion or something your anxiety yeah he says that and and this and this I thought this movie did a good job kind of showing the love there a little bit more in the relationship. Yeah, like you said, Angela. Right back up to the, okay, Joe, to the come, air. Come on up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, Joe, Joe definitely makes it, like, lighter and more enjoyable. But I will say that, like, Jane is probably teaching us more about, like, yeah. what, what to look for in uh, a partner. And it's like, because yeah. you, because, I mean, that's the whole um, dynamic where, like, Wickham seems charming and handsome and uh, has good manners, good open manners, but his actions never match his words. Uh, He says, yeah, I'm going to go to the Netherfield ball, but then he doesn't. He's like, I'm not going to let Darcy intimidate me, but then Darcy intimidates him. And um, 
he lies constantly and versus Darcy, you know, has cold manners and, you know, a heart of gold and his actions match his words. And he's always, if anything, too modest about um, his actions and his goodness. You don't think he looks yes. cute when he's soaking wet and he's like, I, I love him. You don't no, think that? <laughs> I do think he's, I do. I know. I shouldn't have called him a drowned rat boy. I take that back. Once no, I drove by a building <sighs> that kind of, to me, looked like the similar, like, surroundings as the building outside of, <laughs> that they're outside of having that talk, that, that speech, <laughs> and I gasped. That's how much I love that scene. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, you know, I get, yeah. Oh, please, Al. Oh, well, I just know that scene is actually like one of the kind of like more contentious scenes in the movie because some like diehard Austinites are like kind of mad that like that after they have their that famous kind of proposal and rejection, it looks like. In this version, they're about to kiss. There's like a near kiss moment. Yes, yeah. because Joe's a yeah. man and he had to do it for the audience. <laughs> oh my god, maybe I'm not a true off tonight because I fucking love a little bit of a little bit of candy at the end of the world, but they didn't do it. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, it was but the true Austinites are like, the true Austinites are like, no, 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 I, 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 she wouldn't do that because she's literally repulsed by this man still. Um, but that being said, oh man, I, lo- you know, it is sexy, and I, you know, yeah, me like. And in terms of what so. we're saying about rest, because it's like in the book. I mean, like Kathleen Kelly says in. You've got mail that every time she reads the book, she's like so stressed they're not going to get together. And it's true because there yeah. is no little, no little wink at that point in the book, right. right? You just right. think they're going to miss each other and it sucks and it's stressful. But in terms of what you were saying earlier, Angela, about rom coms being a place to rest, it's like I'm having a hard week. I'm a, a great week, but I'm, my nerves are shot. So I didn't mind having a little foothold, a little foothold <laughs> at Horny Station. She'd be like, they're saying no, but their mouths are saying maybe later. <laughs> Maybe later. Um, I didn't mind a little bit of that, just like a little bit of that spoon feeding from my man, Joe Wright, who I'd like to welcome up from the dirt. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank get, back you. Up, get back up from that dirt. Get back up here with us. You okay. have 10 seconds and we'll push you back. I'm going to, I'm going to get, while like Joe's that. up from the dirt, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a little pat on the back. Pat, pat, little tap, tap on the back, back. Um, Joe, uh, one of the moments in the movie that like, is always like such a stressful moment, both in the book and the movie is when Elizabeth is uh, on vacation with her aunt and her uncle. And they're like, Hey, let's go to Pemberley. And she's like, please, no, please <laughs> let's not go to the house where I rejected uh, a man's proposal. Who's very powerful. Please. No. And they're like, no, that's got a good lake with fish. Let's go see what you could have had. He's never and there. He's never there. And they pull they pull up in the carriage and there's this shot that's so good. It's like the Jurassic, that famous Jurassic Park shot where, um, you know, they all kind of get out, out of the Jeep and they take off their sunglasses and they just like look at awe at something. And then you're like, what are they looking at? And it's a dinosaur. Well, they have kind of like a Jurassic Park <laughs> shot like that in this but it's with like Pemberley the building and their carriage pulls up and Elizabeth like stands up from the carriage and looks like dumbstruck at this beautiful palace and then her aunt and uncle stand up and look dumbstruck and it's so funny because they're just like 
holy fuck, this guy's so fucking rich. Or when she goes, <laughs> when she goes up to his, when she goes up to his, um, his statue, yeah. and she's like staring at it, wanting to fuck it. <laughs> that was so. That was such a hard moment to oh. to stay dropped in for, because that statue looked so silly. No, <laughs> I thought it was good. No. I thought oh okay, I thought that okay, statue thought was hot. Statue Mia. That statue was hot. <laughs> you think that statue's like you hot, got- but you don't think wet Matthew McFadden's hot? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You go in the dirt alley. <laughs> I'm in the dirt now. <laughs> I just thought for there was something about it. It was like too pristine. It was like too white that it was like yeah. I just clearly was like that's like someone in props made that. It lo- yes, yes, that- it looked like a Madame Tussauds wax figures <laughs> on the Hollywood. Exactly. Home. I wanted like a grittier bust. I think like a grittier bust would have gotten me and been like. I wanted a real marble bust carved of Matthew McFadden. Just like get real worked up. I'll say a grittier bust always works for me. It's always it always has to be a grittier bust. (laughs) You're right. You're right, girlfriend. Um, 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 But it's good. It's good no matter what. I like it no matter what. But it was funny um, to me. Um, speaking of uh, how wealthy Mr. Darcy is and how many marble busts he has, he's like so many (laughs) marble statues in his house. It's crazy. I looked up to see because they they I was curious to see like how rich he would be in like modern day because they keep saying he makes 20,000 a year. And um, (laughs) I looked it up and that is the equivalent of he makes eighteen point seven million dollars a year. And that's just in like interest kind of from like his properties and stuff. Cause he's still, it's not counting in like the value of his properties. That's just like how much he makes off of his wealth. Um, That's like like Marvel star. He's like Tony Stark rich. You know what I mean? He's like crazy. That's that's a great modern comparison as well. Yeah. You hear 20,000, you're like, that's a teacher's salary. <laughs> yeah. And then you say, you know what? We need, we need to pay teachers more. Yeah. And, and they're then, like, fuck this. We need to pay teachers better. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, am I right, ladies? Um, uh, you're shit. right, girlfriend. Uh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to say, while Joe's, oh, while yeah. Joe's up from the dirt, I will say, <laughs> I feel like the scenes when the Bennets are eating, there's two of them. When they're oh, having God. like a meal, they must have like I don't know what they did, but it was just like I don't know. I love that it reminded me of the scene in I don't know. I just love when people are really eating and they're not passing shit at a table because yeah. it's just movement. But like they must have like starved the cast or something because they are chomping and they are like like dripping gravy on shit and everything spilling and there's so much food. I just I love that scene. I have to say that. Oh yeah. Well, yes. please. Oh, well, yeah. And just to, because Joe's up from the dirt and we're complimenting him <laughs> on the longboard in the house and stuff. Um, I read this really kind of fun fact about um, his directing style, which was that he really wanted the Bennett family to feel like a family. And so before shooting, um, like they rented that house that they shot in. Um, he had them stay in that house like the the Bennett no. family and he had them play sardines and so no. they were like yeah isn't that so cute and then <gasps> he didn't let the cast have trailers instead each of the girls when they weren't shooting they had to go like their trailer was like their room and so they would go hang out in their room oh 
I that love that. That is so sweet. That and also, I think it shows. It I does. Love that. Like, it they does. are just like a gaggle of gals. And like, and I read that um Kira Knightley and Carrie Mulligan are still really good friends. Oh. Um, and that makes me really happy. I love that. I remember when I found out that that was Carrie Mulligan in the back. Like, because I didn't really know her oh when my I first God. watched this movie. I was like, Same. oh my God, small beginnings huge dude seriously especially yeah. after like promising young woman this year i was like looking like watching this i was like that was the first time i saw carrie mulligan like oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh she's a baby a baby <laughs> a little baby also i will uh, say another moment i'm channeling is always lydia bennett when she's playing the piano and she's crying because no one's listening to her <laughs> oh mary uh, oh my god oh, that's mary that's not lydia that's yeah. mary Oh, Mary's is hysterical. Mary's, Mary's yeah. so Mary's funny. like the goth one that likes playing piano. Yes. And is always like, do we have to have a ball? <laughs> Can we have conversation instead? Is she, isn't she sobbing in this movie at the piano at one she of the She cries in her dentist to yeah. comfort her or something because she yes. was like, I, what was she saying? She's like, I don't like balls or something. <laughs> She's like, I hate balls. I practiced yeah, all the week. Just, I hate yeah, that. No in, one wants to hear her play. I hate that I would be cast as her and not Elizabeth Bennett, but whatever. <laughs> if yeah, I did this in my middle yeah, school, same. I would so oh, yeah. be the girl in the back that's crying about her piano. Yeah, I think I think I would get I think I would maybe get Lydia because that's the one I'm judging the most. So I assume that's who I would get. <laughs> we talk with Allie Allie would get if you Allie did a middle school version. Mr. Collins. I like got cast a lot in high school as like the kind of comedic male roles because there were too many girls that auditioned and not enough guys. So like whenever we did a Shakespeare play, I was always like a male servant. Allie, let me say... (laughs) It already sounds like an incredible performance. So. I I will say I would have a lot of fun with Mr. Collins and would fucking nail it. You would fucking oh, I would nail, nail Mr. Collins. I would say the Joe Wright Mr. Collins. Like I would not play the book Mr. Collins, but the Joe Wright Mr. Collins would be so fun to play. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um can we talk about Lydia? Because since she accidentally got brought up, because Lydia stressed me out in this version oh, a lot. Oh, God. She's in the actress did a really good job. Because she's being unlikable. Yeah, which she's so unlikable also also how did jenna malone end up in this movie that's crazy she's american i think um but um that end that scene where it's like lydia has fucked up so much it's like i'm trying not to be mad at the character because it's like i get it that she's served such a shitty fucking hand in life and it's like again it's like a system issue like again people decided to give joe wright the movie knowing he'd never read the book so it's like i guess i'm mad at the system that created her but it's like she has fucked shit up so bad put her family through so much stress and then made everybody do like make do so much efforts to to reverse it and then she's like so smug about it it's it's really it's really mr bennett's fault because there's that scene where Elizabeth is like, you need to put her in her place. You need to actually spend time with her and, you know, reprimand her and teach her her place in the world. And Mr. Bennett's like, I'd rather look at my dragonfly in my office. I do not (laughs) want to deal with her because he's just he's selfish. He's selfish at times. And he is like foolish as well, even though he's like very smart and has really good wordplay. He's foolish. And he... Yeah. doesn't have good judgment and he's like no let her go off with the fosters she'll be out of my hair and all i care about is me i don't care about my daughter and then it fucking bites him in the ass and embarrasses yeah. that, the family that is true because 
even like the core issue with the parents where it's like the mom cares so much and the dad doesn't, it's like, it is an issue that he doesn't, he's not as like, of course it's, it's endearing. It's nice that he doesn't want to force his daughters into loveless marriages. Yeah. It is stressful that he it's, it is not as good that he's not concerned for their economic welfare because yeah. the mom is because she knows it firsthand. But yeah. I will so say what's is, annoying about like, yes, you're right, Allie, that he is the one that's at fault here, but she has that grin when she gets back and she's yeah. fucked everything oh, up. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you know what? And she's and so excited and, and non-virginal and it's so annoying. <laughs> Yeah. And I will say that's at the core of why I think it's okay to be mad at Lydia in terms of being like, well, society. It's like, yes, yes, yes. But it's like, she's also exhibiting zero empathy for and yes. zero self-reflection like, and zero self-awareness. Room. Read the room. Read and, like, the fucking have a, room. Have a thimble full of self-awareness. Just a thimble full. <laughs> and you could see what a bitch you're being. <laughs> Exactly. And I think that's what stresses me out is her complete lack of awareness. And then the other thing is that I'm mad because she's drinking all the wine. And I'm like, I would like a glass of wine, Lydia. How dare you take all the wine? She's like, I love being a wife. (laughs) And drinking all the wine. And she's the one that wants to buy the ribbons, right? And Elizabeth's like, Lydia, you owe me you owe me a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> right. She just has like no, just like no self awareness, no empathy, like no, no. And I just, yeah, it stressed me out this time. This time, it, it did. <sighs> you know what? I mean, okay. And then I'm, I'm. This is, I mean, probably boring. Um, uh, fun facts, but um, uh, boring fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So she is 16 when she gets married in this movie and back in the day it was illegal to get married without your parents permission if you were under 21 so her (gasps) and um um uh sorry she and wickham have to go to um this like green gretna green this little scottish (gasps) town gretna green (laughs) to get married (laughs) illegally um but then i think darcy manages to get um, everything patched up by getting the uncle's permission and stuff like that. Um, I just yeah. love it because, like in England, they're constantly like threatening each other with Gretna Green, and it's like way beyond this time. Maybe like in the <laughs> Crown or something. It's like everything I watch in England, it's like somebody threatens to go to Gretna Green, and I'm like, I'm like, that's so cool to me that they. I mean, I guess here it would be like Las we Vegas. No, we don't. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe it'd be like, yeah, which is like not like the fun. West Side. The what? It'd be like, oh, we're going. They're they're going out in Santa Monica tonight. Like, no way. <laughs> that's not what Greta yeah. Green was. But I'm trying to think of a place that's just I'll never go. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But it always just sounds so like mythical. Like I'm just like, why is there this place where it's like they just like let you get married? It's very funny to me. Um, <laughs> but yes, that is yes, that's. I Lydia pissed me off. Oh, and um, I love Wicked pisses when, me off too. When they're in the oh, oh please. When they're in the barn or like this bar, <laughs> this real weird saloon, and they're grabbing a drink when Elizabeth's like walking back and forth, be like, oh, it's Lydia. And she's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. this that funny, was so physical funny bit. when yeah. he keeps standing. Yeah, yeah where, where Darcy like, keeps standing and then she's just crying too hard and can't tell them. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> yeah, the humor really got me, caught me off guard here because it was so there's a lot yeah, of visual like, was, like, and physical yeah. humor that 
I don't think we're in the book that Joe Wright added. Yeah. Kudos yeah. to you, Joe. Kudos. Yeah. Kudos. Welcome back up from the ground, Joe. It was such an interesting take on Austin. And I, you know, it's like, and yes, of course, because I'm a comfy lady, I want to sit in a big chintz armchair. So of course I want the lush peach tone Austin, but it's nice. It's nice to see somebody because, you know, with adaptations, you know, you could do a direct adaptation. You could totally like F it up. Um, It's nice to see like an attempt to, you know, show your personal perspective on a piece of work and have it feel successful. Yes. That is cool. And that's art. Yeah. Mm. God, I love this movie. Oh, I, I listened to this. I remembered when watching this today that I um, have the whole soundtrack. You know how you can have like some albums on Spotify downloaded, which I never yes. do because I just run my Wi-Fi to the ground. But I have <laughs> this whole score <laughs> downloaded. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Um, from when? <laughs> when did like, you do I think that? I did it in high school. Angela- I, like, I, I do too. And it'll play randomly. Yes. No, I do. I oh, have every now and then and Dawn will play. And it's well, I Dawn. Yeah, it'll be like specifically Dawn too. That I'm always like, oh, this is Brad and Prejudice. Let me hit Sometimes it's like Georgiana's duet. And it's like and there's where there's some other like ball that will always play and it'll um or it'll be like it. darcy's ride and it'll be like when those <laughs> it's like and it's like when that storm comes in and the horses are running um <laughs> you guys who love uh the prime predator soundtrack you know what i'm talking about yeah well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um great soundtrack great soundtrack dawn oh. love dawn also just okay. love that scene when they wake up what is it like it looks like it's like sunrise and they're just like yeah oh my god and they're walking he's walking in the mist another thing that's not in the book in the book it's like they're at like a family he's at like a family dinner with them and then they just like are walking around in the garden and that's when he proposes but the choice to make them just both spontaneously wake up at dawn and walk across a misty field toward each other Okay, very romantic. <laughs> yes. That one worked for me. The one that didn't is I think when he gives her the letter, they're, oh, they're in the exactly garden. At, right, at Lady Catherine's. And instead, they just have her looking in a mirror for hours. And then okay. he comes in, and then it's like a dream sequence. I love like it. Like to me, it's she- like a depression sequence. Yeah. <laughs> we like, I, I, I always loved it. But as a kid, I remember being like, where did he come from? But we get it from her POV. We kind of get like that. She's just like, I love that part because she's just, you know, when you're just like really fucking down in the dumps and everything just kind of looks the same and yes. something that should yeah. be an event, like your cross showing up to the door isn't an event because you're like, fuck this dude. Um, yes. So I do like that. But I remember as a, as a kid, I was really confused. No, do you guys- and I agree. And I think, I get- oh, please, please, please. Oh, uh, I, I was just that. no. I was just gonna say another fun fact. It's not. It's just. It's weird. Okay. Well, do you guys want to hear another fun fact? It's weird. It's yes. It's just yes. That scene where um, Darcy's walking across the field in the misty morning towards Elizabeth. Well, the thing is, like Matthew McFadden had really, really bad eyesight, and so somebody on set <laughs> no. had to get a little red flag. 
no and wave it <laughs> so, so he knew what direction he was walking to so toward it so, so when you see him kind of like squint a little bit as he walks through the morning dew it's because no. he's trying to look for that little red flag <laughs> losing it That's i would so kill to be the pa that's standing on a lot and has a little earpiece that's like go now He's he's swerving. He's swerving. <laughs> Wave the flag. Wave harder. Wave. Wave it faster. Faster. <laughs> oh my god. He is squinting that's too. Incredible. And I yeah, thought that was like, oh, the yeah, morning he dew. You know, no, he's, he's bad. No, really he's bad eyesight. <laughs> a red boat flag. Oh. oh my gosh. Okay. Well. We should probably move on to our trip section. So before we move on to our next segment, um, any final thoughts on the film? I just have one more fun fact. Fun fact. Yay. Um, <laughs> God, I live for them. So fun fact is that, um, and Austinites will know this, this book was originally titled um, uh, First Impressions. Yes. And, um, you know, mm, yes. I uh, I read a really good um book about Jane Austen called the Jane Austen education, which I highly recommend to any Austenites out there where this guy just writes an essay about every Jane Austen book and what it's taught him about love. And he says that this Ooh. book taught him, oh, yeah, I have that gave it taught him like the importance, uh, like the, the kind of dangers of first impressions and how it's important to, um, because Elizabeth starts off the story very confident um, and kind of like cynical about people, um, particularly Darcy, and that it's important in first impressions when we're meeting people to try to approach it with uncertainty and optimism. Um, and mm. like, I was like, damn. Um because if you if you approach like if you're too confident about your opinions and your beliefs, like there's danger in that. And like, like Wickham. Like Wickham. Yeah. Yes. She was so confident in her opinion of Wickham and her first impression of Wickham. She was so certain about it that she didn't let it, she didn't let other information change it. Um, and yeah, you, you have to be careful and to approach life with uncertainty and optimism. So I love that. Cause I also like wow. hearing you say that made me actually kind of realize that like, I wouldn't think this, but I actually think first impressions are kind of sexy in a way, because it's like when it's somebody that you like end up really hitting it off with, it's like so exciting to think about the first time you met and like mm -hmm. the weird misunderstandings or what you thought they were, or just like, it's just kind of cool when they're, yeah. when you end up, oops, something. Um, it's just, it's cool to think about the people that you hit it off with sometimes yeah. are the weirdest first impressions you have. It's like, yeah. 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 Well, I think that's it for, um, final thoughts. I finally have run out of fun facts. Just kidding. I have more and maybe <laughs> I'll say them. Um, but, uh, Right now, we like to end our movie discussions by counting up all the familiar rom-com tropes that we spotted. But for Austin August, we thought that uh, we might mention any particular Austin tropes that we spotted as well. Um, and, you know, I can I can start us off. Um, some, some Austin tropes that I saw in this movie um, that I feel like are in a lot of her movies. I mean, a lot of her movies, a lot of her books and in uh, adaptations. Um, 
are uh, they're usually set in a pastoral countryside. That's because Austin followed the famous writing rule, which is write what you know. And so she wrote a lot about um, uh, people living in the country. Um, I have uh, the trope of uh, uh, annoying, uh, you know, family that gets in the way kind of a thing. Um, You see this. Oh, man, you see this um, in. In Emma, you see this uh, in in Pride and Prejudice. You see this in Persuasion, yes. um, where Anne Elliot's dad and older sister are just like ruining her love life. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, another trope. Um, I, I'm just gonna say big dances, balls. There's always always a ball, and I live. For the ball scenes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's a trope that we see a lot. Um, I also will say it's good on paper is not the like right, right term, but it's more like um, in Jane Austen novels, there's always a charming man who's like very, very handsome and young and charming who turns out to be bad. That's and so then true. a very kind of like boring um, or like not boring, but like more like sensible, quiet man who's like the right guy. Um, I'm thinking of like um, uh, Willoughby in Sense and Sensibility. Love Willoughby. Uh, um, and then we have, you know, our characters like Frank Churchill, Mr. Mr. Charming. And then they all turn out to be dickbags who lie and are, you know, wronging our main heroine who then Dick turns bags. to the reliable kind of um, more sensible choice. So I feel like that's a big Jane Austen trope as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And then another one is sisters. Just everybody has, there's just a lot of sisters and we love them. They're giggling. They're giggling all the time. Giggling. Oh, can I piggyback off here? Cause everyone's got a slutty little sister. Oh yeah. There's always the slutty little sister. (laughs) Yes. Which is just so fun, which makes sense because it like truly is there's so much weight on the oldest sister and all of these. So to me, it makes perfect sense that the youngest one is the one with the most sort of like sexual freedom there yeah because she's just bouncing off the walls she can't wait oh my gosh (laughs) out of control (laughs) um al do you have more i have um a sister gets sick as a dramatic kind of thing that happens that happens so true it's always like ability pride and prejudice in persuasion a sister's son gets sick same thing Uh, thing. kind of like family gets sick and then the heroine has to tend to them yeah um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you hit them all out of the park. I'm trying to think of some more, but you got it. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I've I've got I've got the homely friend. Um, we see oh, this yeah. in Pride and Prejudice and in Emma. Everyone's got like a like. Everyone's got ladies. Have like a homely friend or like a friend who doesn't have any good social connections. Like a, <laughs> exactly, you're sort so of a sad right. girl, if you will. A sad girl, yeah. <laughs> that the heroine takes under her wing. It's so oh, true. Yeah, so funny. Um, Every, everyone's got to, except for, for except for like Emma, but people in Emma have to. Everyone's got to like marry for survival, and I and I love yeah. it because it's real and it's about They're class conflict and about, yeah. it's about inequality. It's fascinating, um, and it's like it's really it's a fascinating topic. I think um, long walks. No, you already said pastoral countryside, but lo- a long walk in the country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah long yeah, yeah long walk well, in the country um dumb rich yeah. people they're always like really oh dumb rich people i had it as bitchy city people that's so great yeah let's yes. do dumb dumb rich people uh bitchy city people coming in like the churchill and the um 
yeah, it's Churchill and Sense and Sensibility when they go to town, they're rude to them. And then in this one, obviously, it's yeah, Miss Bingley. In in yeah. uh, Persuasion, there's uh, Lady Dalrymple where uh, they're trying to like Anne Elliot's father's like oh, our cousin Lady Dalrymple is like <laughs> like you know very very high up in society and we have to go like attend to her and we meet Lady Dalrymple and she is like looking like she's been in the wash like Lady <laughs> Dalrymple. <laughs> And she's like so she so is lady <laughs> she's so stupid and even lady catherine de Berg can't fucking play the piano lady catherine de Berg in this no. is like and she's that like, is your like fucking one of those words. lessons right that's one of those lessons that stands the test of motherfucking time is that wealthy people you yes. cannot just like you just cannot like endow them with power for being wealthy i feel oh. this way every time i watch housewives there's like self self-made millionaires on housewives and i'm like these women are insane and shouldn't be in charge oh of my anything. god mia are you a housewives um, nut oh my god oh, we Angela, have to i talk. am we have to talk we have to new york is insane oh, new york is it's off the rails wow. wow we'll talk we'll talk it's, but no you're right we'll and talk. fuck okay. lady catherine de berg when she can't play fuck the lady piano i hate that she, she makes elizabeth do it and it, it makes me mad it is like it is like Lady Catherine de Bourgh is like one of the, one of the more just like it's like a great element and in like a, but like a, a really repulsive, disgusting yeah. observation of a human, you know. Like yeah, it's, it is very upsetting. I have, yeah. um, I think, an early iteration of one of my favorite tropes, which is the one-dimensional ex. Or there's usually like a plotting, there's like a plotting sister or sister-in-law. <laughs> so in Sense and Sensibility, it's like their brother's wife is like, maybe give them less money. And in this, it's Miss Bingley, who's like, yep. maybe marry me and don't marry Jane um, <laughs> or Elizabeth. Um, so I feel like there's usually like a plotting lady who's... Um, yeah who's you know no good oh and since sensibility there's also that girl who is like was gonna marry hugh grant and then marries his brother but yes like it also in persuasion and sister plots for her not to go to paris so yes we see this quite a bit um as we talked about earlier we've got the manic pixie dream lizzie um <laughs> we've got these sort of just like amazing heroines um who yeah are um, More relatable yeah, you know they go for long walks not ingenuity in the slightest no no yeah and it's it's really fun it's really fun to see um let's see here um how about a stoic dad what do we think i think the, mm. I, I, unfortunately i think in this genre all the dads are stoic and all the women all the moms are old and loud yeah i would definitely say an out of touch dad because like it's like a dad that's yeah. checked out like in emma like right. the dad is kind of like always like kind of like a hypochondriac and it's always like oh, you've got to eat some gruel eat some gruel for me please and then um <laughs> the and this, too much fat in it yeah, yeah too him. much fat's not good for you you need a nice lean <laughs> pork chop um uh i recently read emma again and it was so funny um i love uh, emma but uh yeah, like I'd say checked out dad, which is interesting because I think Jane Austen's dad in real life was like very lovely. And like like when she wrote Pride, the first draft of Pride and Prejudice when she was 21, um, she wrote Pride and Prejudice right after um, like Tom Lafroy, her like one true love, like decided to marry a rich woman instead of her. Um, she wrote mm -hmm. Pride and Prejudice when she was 21. Her dad's like, I'm going to take it to the publisher and I'm going to mail it. And I'm going to get your book 
publish Janie. And then the publisher's like, nope, not happening. And then she didn't get it published until she was 37. And it was after Sense and Sensibility came out. Um, And that's when she got it published. Because she published Sense and Sensibility when she was 35. And she never published her novels under her name. It was always just published by a lady. So it was like Sense and Sensibility by a lady. Lady. <laughs> and um, and then um, after that was so popular, she like rewrote P&P a little bit and then uh, released it when she was 37. But that's kind of why like we look at Pride and Prejudice and it's so like fluffy and lighthearted was yeah. because she wrote it when she was 21 and still believed uh-huh. in love versus like versus the other ones versus like later like <laughs> you see the heroines especially in persuasion which was like the last one she wrote like are really like love has eaten them up and spat them back out again and yes. uh they're much more sensible versus in pnp her most light-hearted one it's like because she wrote it when she's still like was a bit more optimistic about love optimistic damn Damn, wow. that's so sad. Yeah. Damn, I fucking love Jane Austen. She sold P and P for a hundred and ten pounds. <gasps> oh my god. That's all Does she made off of it. Still get the money? Does her estate still I don't, get money? I don't know. I don't know. I should look that up, but Something it, tells me Joe Wright got a bigger paycheck and nothing <laughs> went to And that's what's wrong here, Joe. Enjoy that taste of, of salty, salty dirt. Yeah, dirt. you're back, back in down. the dirt, Joe. Back uh-huh. in the dirt, Joe. But for more things that Austin did right, I, you know what? She probably coined the perfect sexy circumstance. We're constantly stuck at different estates with each other, which oh, I yeah. freaking love. It's like, oops, we're running into each other all the time. We're stuck at this like sexy estate where there's only like yes. three other people to talk to. All of them who suck. So we got to love that. And then you got to love a girl's trip. The girls are constantly going on trips in Jane Austen novels. I love now it. it's time to go to the city or it's time to go to the country, but the girls will be going on a trip. Oh, it's so true. Um, they, they go together they go together um so yeah true. and then um the constantly running into each other which is very fun and then um the did we ever talk about this just the good man who saves everyone i love this trope it's at the end there's like always one good man who saves the whole family <laughs> from ruin with a marriage proposal and i go crazy for it it's true um it's so great it's really great and i love it um, <sighs> any more from the from the vault ladies you guys are killing them i'm just like listening to them all and thinking about how much i love jane austen yeah she's, she's so, so great. great oh man she's so great oh man well that takes us to 19 jane austen tropes which Holy is crap great. we found a lot that's a, a lot. lot. We really did. And it makes sense because this is rom com So she's got some, she's, you know, she's, she's got some of the tropes in there already. And then there's some very specific Austin ones that we love to see. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. So, okay. Now it's time to rate this Austin adaptation. <gasps> Since it's the first one we watched, it's number one on the list. But just out of curiosity, <laughs> how would we compare this to other PNP adaptations we've watched before? Oh, here we go. I, I really didn't know when I was signing up for this that you two weren't the Joe Wright team for this <laughs> you love colin you love the the, the web the mini series <laughs> i love this one so much i think it's going back though to what we were saying i think this is just like my first introduction to it all so i think that's yeah. why i'm a sucker for this um but i do i remember watching the colin which one did i watch first i, I remember being like oh my god 
these characters are so much more than what I realized. You know what I mean? Like, right. And then mm-hmm. when I started reading the book, I was like, it's just funny to learn something via a movie first because I only yeah, totally. pictured Elizabeth Bennett one way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Right. So I do love all the other adaptations, but you guys know me. I'm team Joe Wright, 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I am happy to stay with Joe Wright, 2005, because I will say it's like, I do appreciate in an adaptation, a, a strong point of view. Yeah. And, you know, he brought grit and like physical comedy to a Jane Austen novel, which it's like, sure. When Sense Sensibility comes around, you know, I'm going to be making some strong arguments, I think. But I think for now, let it be number one. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And um, uh, I agree. I think uh, I think this adaptation is the best adaptation. And something we haven't really mentioned. Um, we've mentioned a lot about Joe Wright um, and, you know, how even though he had never read the book, how he brought some really fresh takes and a lot of beauty and like visual beauty to this movie. But I want to give a little credit to, yeah, Deborah Ma- Magic um, and her writing. I thought she did a really good job. And a little fun fact, you thought I was done with them, but ladies, I've got one more for you. <laughs> yes. That, and Mia, this will definitely interest you. Uh, Emma Thompson did an uncredited <gasps> rewrite of oh, no. this oh script. Of course, they didn't credit her. Oh Are my god! She did a little. She did a little punch up polish. We'll so, punch up. Of course she and did. she, for uh, our listeners who don't know, wrote. Uh, I mean, she adapted the sense and sensibility that we all love so much. Um, which so you know, oh, I we will be watching that. soon. Oh my gosh. Oh, lucky us. Lucky love that you one. Guys. All right. No fun facts here, but I do have a hot take, which is that you know what I'm interested in? I'm interested, and this is crazy because she's not British, but I am very interested in like a Greta Gerwig Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. After Hate to say it, but seeing, I'd love to see it. Right? Like after seeing her little women, I'm kind of yep. like, or like a Shonda. Like, you know, I, I, of course, after Bridgerton, oh. everybody wants to see a Shonda Pride and Prejudice. Um, But. Yeah, like a really, like a really sexy version. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Bridgerton, that really would be crazy. Sexy. Like, yeah, a really steamy. Oh kind of wow! Prejudice. Sign Love me that. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll pay Netflix oh. some more money for that. Yes, please. Hey, please <laughs> take my card. <laughs> um. Okay. So I think. Uh, I think what we all. I think we we like this the the Joe Wright. I think we begrudge Joe Wright uh, a tip of the hat <laughs> and saying yes, we like uh, we like this uh, adaptation. Yeah, good um, job, Deb- Deborah McGawk. <laughs> good yeah, job. We go At the end of the day, this we, we we all agree that the adaptation of Mister Collins is the best part. Oh, it's so yeah, it's fucking that, that's, good. That, that's that truly like just makes is part of what makes me except yeah, like yeah. the Joe Wright version. And it's the best it's part the of an adaptation of where they it doesn't like re it doesn't like ruin your understanding of the character, but it heightens it and it shows you things you didn't see before yes. about the character. It's just a great adaptation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, you guys, we just uh, made some really hard decisions. Um, <laughs> But I think now it's time to cool things down a little bit, you know, kind of take things a little bit more slowly. It's time for a little bit of a reality check. And in this segment, we like to test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms we've just watched to see if they hold up in the real world. And a plot device uh, we see in this Austin uh, 
adaptation is that of uh, a mistaken first impression where uh, two two leads meet and they butt heads a little bit. They don't get along only then to realize later that their first impression was wrong. We also kind of, this is kind of like a version of um, enemies to lovers, I would say as well. Um, but have you guys ever had a first impression that you later found out was really, really wrong? And you're like, oh, this person is actually really, really cool. And every I, single one of my first impressions is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like rarely, rarely get it right on the first try. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my gosh, that's so good to know, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, good to know like about yourself. Like, and we, and yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty, Angela, because I feel like a lot of people are like, "Yeah, I'm really a really good judge of character," and it's like, <laughs> "Really? Have you seen your friends?" Just kidding. Um, that wasn't about anybody specific. I love that. Um, I love that. <laughs> but um, that's very brave of you, Angela, to oh, yeah. say that. And I think it's not even about them. It's just I'm wrapped up in my own nerves. I'm like half an introvert. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking too much and I'm not really just like relaxed and listening at the, at the top. Um, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so bad at them. I'm so bad at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't say it's like, I'm just like, it's not like I'm always wrong. Like sometimes I'm really right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was right. But some, I, sometimes I am shocked or it's like I meet someone or I know someone. I'm like, that person sucks and is like really judgmental and whatever. And then I get to know them and I'm like, wow, we're so similar. And they're like actually like very like an intuitive emotional empath. And like, what yes. was I thinking? Like, what a, it's either like what a crazy like production or misjudgment or it's like I meet them with the wrong in the wrong context. So it's like they're around someone who's like that way and i'm like oh well that's your friend so you're that way and then you're like oh no that was wrong um but it's nice to know because i like that too you know when when people start to be like oh i'm such a good judge of character like of course it's nice it's good to follow your instinct but also i'll say that judging judging of character is one thing first impressions is another oh you're so right yeah yeah absolutely i am a good judge of character i think but i think with first impressions it's like so much about the the setting and like yeah. the yeah, mood the that person's in like darcy is in a mood when he shows up to right. the ball. oh yeah right and he's also with like rude people and yes. it is like that does have an effect on you like yes. right? like miss bingley is so rude um yeah, she's yeah. So I yeah, I would say I've definitely had it. I've like truly have like dear friends who at first I was like we will never get along, and I was like oh my god, we're great. So yeah, yeah it's, I yeah, this is true. This holds up for me. Allie, have you? Yeah, but for me, it's like the opposite. Where like if somebody gives me a compliment, I like love them immediately, and <gasps> oh, it's like yeah, I have and that. like I've had times where like I've had people like flatter me a lot, and I'm like oh my god. They love me and I love them. <laughs> ah, they gave me a compliment. I'm ready to marry them. And then later I'm like, oh, they just kind of give compliments to everybody. Oh and my I'm God. not special. And yes, I, and it's, and it's like, fall for the Wickhams. I would totally fall for the Wickhams. Yeah. I always fall for the Wickhams. And it's like, oh, I'm not special. And this is actually just kind of a tool that they use um to to get what they yeah. want and i'm oh, i just I am so, so desperate for, for yeah. any kind of validation <laughs> that I fall for it. no i've super fallen for that as well ali you're not alone there yeah um, no, and then you're I, just I, like oh what was that yeah 
I either yeah, think they like, love me too much yeah. or I think they hate me too much and they're never right. an equal amount. Yeah. No middle ground. Yes. And that's a very fun part of the story too is where Jane learns to like be more discerning because she was like, yeah. You know, like by the end, she's like, well, his pernicious sister. And you can tell it's like, that's her version of talking shit. And you're like, yes. she gets a little bit petty. And you're like, yes, Jane. Yes. Welcome to the cocktail hour. Finally. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Well, okay. Well, sounds like reality checks out. Sometimes we've got to check our pride and our prejudices. Um, <laughs> and then we, and then we are Mr. Darcy's. Like, I wow. actually, have you guys uh, ever like, um, dated someone that you hated at first? Cause I, I, I'm bad with first impressions, but I don't know if I've ever had like a Lizzie, uh, Darcy thing where like, you meet somebody and you're like, ew. And then you guys start like digging on each other. Yeah. No. My high school boyfriend was like, I like, we've known each other since like the sixth grade. <laughs> we had known each other for a long time. And it was like, I thought he was cute when I met him in the sixth grade. But then in middle school, I dated someone else and he was very mean to me for a few years. Got it. it was like awful. And then we dated later when he was nice again. So I don't think that counts though because yeah. it wasn't like I met him and he was yeah. an asshole. Yeah, he just like was with, rude with in middle school. With Elizabeth and Darcy, they're just like that you get the impression that they're just they butt heads. Yeah. But, but no, I haven't. Yeah, or do you guys know anyone who has? I I've never had that kind of like witty mean flirting with anyone, <laughs> I don't think. I think I'm it's always pretty uh <laughs> pretty kind. Pretty kind. <laughs> it's always pretty kind. I think I'm uh <laughs> I, I think remember pretty my fragile. boyfriend now, my boyfriend now, Rob Skirbo, he was, I remember I met him when he moved back. So I didn't know. Um, I was jealous of my friends were close with his friends. Does that make sense? Like I met him mm -hmm. and all of my close friends were his friends. So I was like, kind of like, like my guard was up and I was like, you're, you're, I'm jealous of my friends being close with you. And I don't like, don't take my friends away. Kind of. Yeah, give me my friends um, back. Yeah, like, who are you? Yeah, I was dude. like, who are yeah. you? Yeah, get out of here. This is my town. Oh, that kind of counts. Yeah, that yeah, so counts. I think that counts. I'm just realizing that now. Yeah, 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 Because yeah, you guys, me and you, like, have mutuals, and you're like, what is this? And then, yeah, yeah. sorry, like, tangent. 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 Who's this friend stealer? Mm -hmm. And then it's yeah. like, <laughs> okay, who is this friend stealer? <laughs> 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 Well, then I think reality definitely checks. I think that's actually a great example yeah. of like not, yeah, of like that your first impression being being turned on its head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sad to say because I could honestly, <laughs> you guys, I've got 20 <laughs> more fun facts that I would love to say, but we don't, you know, there's 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 not enough time. Um, uh, so I'm sad to say that we are at the end of our podcast. Angela, oh. thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, what a oh my blast. Gosh. What a true delight. Thank you so much for coming on, letting us just talk about our favorite story together. I mean, it's just like, I, 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 I can't believe how not old this gets. Talking you guys about are Austinites. Like, uh, it's, oh, this yeah. is cool. It's, 
it's a delight. It's a it's a delight. I was having a hard week, and Allie sent me like the most beautiful Jane Austen book I like ever. Like it was like Aww. it's like of her letters. Where it, well, she's just such an inspiration. Oh, yeah. she like, is. She's just it's and it's so amazing that she wrote so long ago, and it's so relatable to today. Like it truly makes me feel like connected to the human spirit. Yeah, in a you way know, that like doesn't depress me. In honor of her, you guys, when you post this episode, you should just call me that you had a guest named a lady. <laughs> uh, because if she can go nameless i can too <laughs> lady, lady whistle down we love okay, jane incredible. Lady, lady down bottom what's her name oh, oh, lady yeah. down rimple Dalrymple, God, it's so funny. It's so also very funny. Oh, such good names. Oh my gosh, I can't oh. wait till we get to Sense and Sensibility and we get to talk about Mrs. Jennings. <laughs> Mrs. Jennings, out of control. Oh, she's my so favorite. Mrs. Jennings. Mrs. Jennings. She's so funny. Um, but you, sorry. Oh God, I love love Sensibility. Okay, you know, well now I have a question for a lady, which is, hey, lady, <laughs> do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Listeners. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, ooh, okay. I would love to plug, I think we plugged to the top, but you can find me at AOAOAO Pod. That's my podcast with my friends um, about Hollywood. Or you can find me on the Instagram, I'm Angela Geritana. Um, and some romantic advice. I have some self care advice. Curl up and watch a Jane Austen adaptation this week oh, or, read, yeah. or yeah. read a book of it just do it it'll <laughs> it'll actually help you romantically and individually yes um, just yeah do it's totally. never you can never watch it enough i learned today so true so true Dude, so great true. advice oh my gosh thank you a lady for some really good <laughs> advice thank oh, you yeah. you can follow me at a lady um <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm self-published. <laughs> bless her soul. Bless, bless her soul. Bless her and soul. Thank you. Thank you, a lady, for coming on. Thank you all for <laughs> listening to the pod. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hi, Adam Peacock from My Neighbors Are Dead here. Each week on My Neighbors Are Dead, I talk to the tertiary characters real and imagined from your favorite horror films. But this summer, we're doing something different. We are taking you to the northern woods of Michigan, all the way up to Whitlow Lake, to bring you the original tale of the My Neighbors Are Dead summer camp massacre. We're bringing back some fan favorites of the show as we try to piece together through interviews with survivors, witnesses, and with any luck, the killer Chad himself. We're going to try to piece together exactly what the hell happened up there at Camp Willow Lake. It starts June 22nd and it runs all summer long. That's the My Neighbors Are Dead Summer Camp Massacre. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.